Welcome back to the Puts It In Podcast, Episode 2. I'm Nick. I'm Jackson. And it's Wednesday, December 28th, and we're going to start off by recapping a quick Christmas slate. Um, my opinion, up until the last game, not really the Christmas I was hoping for in terms of basketball. I think you had all the right teams on Christmas, except for maybe the Brooklyn Nets, just because of the off-season shenanigans that was going on. I think you had all of the matchups possible that you possibly would have wanted. You had New York, you had LA, you had all these teams that are up and coming or championship contenders now. You had a rivalry in uh, Golden State and Memphis. And I just feel like they didn't come out to show just because... There's a ton of blowouts, not really close games here and there. Uh, you saw 20-point blowouts that obviously slimmed down into single-digit losses, but a lot of the early games were just never that close. Yeah, not close. I will say there was a lot of great individual performances. Uh, James Harden had a great second half uh, against the Knicks in a he, comeback. And Julius Randle with his 35 of his own. I think that game, Knicks were out early up. I think it was nine with about four to go. I think we all saw the Philly storm back coming, not really able to contain him, be not able to guard James Harden. Left George Niang wide open mm-hmm. on the wing. You Multiple left, times. Uh, you left DeAndre Melton, DeAnthony Melton, sorry, uh, open in the corner. I just feel like they weren't playing the hard defense that you've seen under Tibbs at times, and it just showed. Uh, the lack of defense, and Sixers ended up pulling out a W there. For me, that I don't know about you, but that game felt to me as, in the second half, that the Knicks were playing decent, but they never pulled far enough away from the Sixers that I always kind of felt like the Sixers were sticking around enough to come back and win that game. And it ended up being pretty convincingly. I know it's only a seven-point win, but in the latter stages of that game, that was, it was all hard and Embiid. Yeah, you saw they were up 15. I mean, you've seen it with the Knicks over and over again. We're going to talk about it. A little bit later about what Luka Doncic did last night, but you saw it against Toronto. You saw it against Chicago. I mean, they just don't have that fourth quarter closer guy that you can always count on. I mean, you want to turn to RJ as this next comer uh, to be able to, to be that guy. Uh, Jalen Brunson missed some free throws. Can't always trust Julius Randle. So I feel like you saw that coming. Not a lot of surprise there. And then you move into the Dallas game, and it's kind of the same situation up. 11 at half, and you just saw, like, with the lack of depth of that team, there's not really much LeBron could do besides put up his numbers. He had 38, 6, and 5, and there's nothing, there's literally nothing else he could do. Yeah, LeBron was terrific. Um, <laughs> they actually did a really good job defending uh, Luka in the first quarter, I think. I, think. I don't think he took a shot to, like, two minutes in the, game, uh, the first quarter. So they did a good job there, but there's only, a, as we've seen, there's only so much. You've only, you can only contain Luka for so long. Um, you know, I feel bad for LeBron. He's so he's still so talented. I mean, I think he had seven straight thirty-point games up until I think last night. Still had a great game, but until that Lakers team, as we've talked about, I think we talked about in the last episode, until that Lakers team adds some shooting and some depth, I mean, they're just non-contenders. I think the one thing, I mean, it could be a discussion for another time as well. But I mean, the one thing that you can say that LeBron needs a shooting and defense around him just with his age. And they gave up 51 points in the third quarter. Yeah. I think most in a quarter on Christmas. And it's just, you put your head down, you're like, what else can this guy ask for? He puts up these types of numbers. And then you get young guys around him that are doing absolutely nothing. I mean, the starting five is LeBron, Dennis Schroeder, Patrick Beverly, Lonnie Walker, and Thomas Bryant. It's pretty rough. 
that's not going to win you many games. Especially against Luka. And Christian Wood, all-time in her performance, putting up 30. Agreed. Again. And then... Mavericks look good here. Yeah. Uh, After that, the Bucks celtics game, I mean, I was a big fan of the Bucks going into this game. But uh, the Celtics really just poured it on. Tatum was terrific. I think Tatum had 41. 40. He had 40-plus. Um, Jalen Brown was hot early. And, uh, you know, this Bucks team is uh, sputtering a little bit. I mean, without Middleton in the lineup consistently, I think they, you know, they they need that third that third score. And uh, Drew Holiday's been really good, but um, yeah, I think I think they need to just play more games together as a full unit. Yeah. Um, Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Middleton have to get back their groove with Brook Lopez, Connington, Grayson Allen. I think the Joe Ingles is going to be a huge part of it. Him getting back in the groove off the ACL injury and just getting back his legs underneath him playing defense and being able to hit those like corner threes and kind of just taking the ball over when Drew Holiday isn't running it up top or Javon Carter isn't he's another guy that can bring the ball up and control the offense so I think once he gets back into his groove of things and gets his legs under him after like eight games I think it's a much different team I know they lost by 21 weren't really ever in that game I at least I didn't see LeBron um, Giannis still finished with 27, he was 9 for 22 shooting. Uh, they walled him up well uh, throughout the game. I think it was a lot of offensive rebounds, garbage time points. But, I mean, it was Boston Celtics start to finish. Yeah, um, I'm not really too concerned. I don't think really anyone is with the Bucks. I think yeah. coming down the stretch of the, the year, if they're healthy, they're going to be, you know, top three final contender. So yeah, they're, still, getting, they're still my pick to win it all. Just getting healthy, playing together. That's all they really need to do. Celtics look really good. Um, they had those, we talked about last time, those losses against those bad teams at home. But, you know, those, obviously, we can look back and say those were just flukes and, you know, normal dips in the season. So, you know, great performance from Brown and Tatum. It's a dominant win. Yeah, I think the next game was the most shocking and another not-so-fun game. Uh, Warriors-Grizzlies, I mean, you expected a big rivalry. There was definitely flares with Clay and him going to Dylan Brooks on the ground, but... Again, I don't really see how this game was ever that close. Golden State got out hot early, kind of. Memphis kind of hung around, and then they opened it up, as they always do in the third quarter. Draymond played it tremendous, had 13 rebounds, 13 assists. Uh, overall, I think that they just came out to show and said that they were still around, and even without Steph Curry, they still want to be a contender and fight for a playoff spot. But I think that the Grizzlies kind of, the lights got a little bit, maybe too big. Desmond Bain coming back off injury didn't Struggled. play that well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like the lights were a little bit too big on them. Want to be like this next dynasty team and have this rivalry, and they were kind of just shut down. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say is that I've never seen a team with the, the, as big of a discrepancy on the road versus home than the Golden State Warriors. They're 14-2 and two at home, and they're 3-16 and 16 on the road. 3-16. 3-16. and 16. That's, I mean... That is unbelievable. I mean, yeah, they have to just figure it out on the road, and they'll be just fine. I know the Steph Curry injury is obviously going to be hurtful, and they have to work their way around it. Um, Ended up beating the Hornets last night, one of the worst teams in the NBA. But I think that that game just kind of shows that Grizzlies still need some time. They said they're nobody to worry about in the West, and it kind of shows that got to look inward and – still get healthy and be able to play like good basketball against these top elite teams that have been in these bright lights before. 
Yeah, no doubt. The last thing I'll say about that game is that Jordan Poole, when starting, has been terrific. He got ejected late in that game, but he was on fire in the first half. That was also bullshit. Yeah. Gotta and, let, just got to let the guys play. NBA refs, it's in conversation for a different time, but uh, there's a lot of ticky-tack technicals and ejections that are going around the league. And as you see on NBA Twitter, people are all over that. I think the final game was clearly the game of the night. Really pleasant cap to the end, to the Christmas slate. Um you know, the Nuggets and the Suns. Suns, Devin Booker tried to play on a groin injury. He's now, we know, out for four to six weeks, so he clearly wasn't even remotely healthy to play that yeah. game. Just tried to muscle it through, obviously couldn't. And, I mean, that Jokic performance is, I think, season's best performance until last night, and we're going to get into it right after this quick recap of that game. But, I mean, it was absolutely amazing to see Jokic. It didn't even look like he was trying to shoot that ball a ton. He was playing so much in the pick and roll with Jamal Murray. He came up with a couple of clutch late threes later. KCP also had a bunch of threes that uh, were able to knock it down. But, I mean, he just took that team to work. And I would have to say, I mean, I know that's the big talking point, but the other talking point is Aaron Gordon with dunk of the century, dunk of my life, best dunk I've ever seen in a game. Uh, don't know how it was called. A charge was on vacation with my family. Everyone sleeping in hotel room. Shot up out of bed with everyone there. Scared the hell out of my mother. Um, but I mean, I I've never seen a better dunk like that in game. Have you? No, I mean, I, I'm annoyed as a fan. The referees gotta make a better call there because it just it was sick, sick dunk, insane dunk. But the place would have erupted if it was just called a block on the floor. Yeah. Clearly a block, still a cra- crazy dunk and great moment. But I wish that was called, as you said, a block. I think they still erupted. I think that they kind of killed the buzz in the building a little bit, I would say, um, just with that charge call. But, I mean, if they called that a block, I don't think they would be able to quiet the crowd and the building might, might have collapsed. Um, but, yeah, I think they were... Unbelievable dunk. Best dunk I've ever seen in my life in a game. And I, I don't know how anything would top it. Just full speed go over. Landry Shamit. Over Landry Shamit. I mean, it was, it was truly unbelievable. Haven't seen anything better. Uh, no words, basically. No. I mean, a quick note about Aaron Gordon. I think he deserves a lot of credit. He's shooting 61% from the field and 39 from three. Both career highs by a lot. I think he had eight dunks in that game. He's top five in the NBA in dunks. He had 28 in that game. I think he's, he's, a, he's a big X factor for that Nugget team for why they are the number one seed. I know, obviously, you have the MVP candidate and Jogic, and then you have the all-star Jamal Murray, young guys shooting all around. But Aaron Gordon, I think, has been that X factor of why that they are the number one seed and why the ability to even be better than they actually are and make a playoff run in the future, I think he's been nothing less of terrific. Yeah, I mean, that trade looks really good now, and they just got Michael Porter Jr. back. So, I mean, this team's going to be a tough team to beat in the West. So, back to that point about the Grizzlies, there's definitely some teams they have to worry about. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think the Grizzlies, I mean, I wouldn't even have them as a top three team in the, in the West right now. Maybe even not top four, just if I had to choose of teams that I would want coming out of the West currently. But... Obviously, tons of talent, and 
going back to, I guess, last night, yeah. right, per- performance of the season, I thought Jokic's performance was going to be the possibly one of the best performances we've all seen that, all, all have seen. And then Luka Doncic just does something that we have never seen and puts up 60 points, 21 boards, and 10 assists in an epic comeback against the New York Knicks. Terrible loss for the Knicks. Terrible. I mean, before uh, I get to Luka, I just want to say that the New York Knicks um, past four losses have all come in you know, heartbreaking fashion and late fourth quarter collapses, you can say. Uh, the Knicks continue to struggle at the free throw line late in games and you know that Luca play when he you know off the ricochet rebound and he floated in um was ter- was an insane play just a heartbreaker for the Knicks but yeah definitely the the happy it wasn't an N1 probably wouldn't have gone to 60 could have been an N1 but i mean the effortless way he scores the basketball is truly insane it looks like he's moving in slow motion he's able to position his body in a way that I think nobody else can. All of his ball fakes, head fakes. I mean, he, sh- he made two threes last night, only attempted six. He was 21 for 31 from the field. I I haven't seen anyone that looks less athletic do athletic things as he does. Yeah, I mean, he is clearly, I mean, in my opinion, the best scorer or maybe like the, uh, has the ability to score the most points in a game right now in the NBA just by, you know, his ability to score all three levels and his ability to, you know, create space. Um, also, without Luka, I think the Mavericks are a 12, 13, 14, 15 seed. Yeah, they're a, they're a top of the lottery team for sure. I mean, so, uh, I mean, the season he's having is incredible. Um, in my opinion, he would be the MVP as long as the Mavericks are, I think, six or higher in the West if he keeps this up. Yeah, I, I don't see how they don't vote him MVP. But, yeah, just an incredible young player who has a chance to be, you know, one of the greats. Yeah, I think... I think, like, looking at just the way he moved last night, that spin-around jumper that he has from, like, right inside, of, right inside of the elbow that seems to always go in, hit a clutch one last night right before those free throws in the fourth quarter. I think you could just always rely on him at, like, such a young age, and he's still so young, but he's one of the top players to get you those clutch moments and lead you to a team. It seems like I didn't get to watch it in person, but it just seems like as this, as it is LeBron when he was younger and just carries a not-so-great team to such high standards and able to put everyone on his back. I mean, there's two 60-point triple-doubles in NBA history, him and uh, James Harden. It's arguably the greatest regular season performance of all time. I think it was truly an amazing thing to see, unfortunately, against my favorite team. But when I'm looking at players or teams, obviously i got to appreciate the great players. And he did everything and more last night. Yeah, I mean, he's also only 23 years old. So, I mean, he's going to be doing this for a long time. And it's really exciting as an NBA fan that you have a guy like this who's putting up numbers like that on any given night. I know it ended up working out, but did you like the miss on that free throw? I know there was about five seconds left. uh, Down two, they brought in JaVale McGee. Did you – no timeouts – did you like that he purposely missed that? Yeah, I mean that there was four seconds left. They were down, they were down Two. three at the time. He was at he made the first free oh, yeah. throw. Yeah. And then at that point, no timeouts. If you make that free throw, 
you're going to send them to the line giving you, you know, less than, you know, four seconds to go the length of the court. So I think that that's a decision that can go both ways. Obviously, it worked out great. I probably would have done the same just because, you know, the Knicks didn't have that size on the floor besides Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. Maybe if I were Thibodeau, I would have subbed in Hartenstein or Sims after that first make. But, I mean, Grimes and McBride both had a chance at it. They kind of collided, which kind of set up that ridiculous ricochet um, floater from Luka. Caught it in midair. Released it still in midair, which was insane. Yeah, I was screaming at the TV, screaming, I guess from a neutral perspective, no, no, no. I, I don't love the purposeful miss. I, how many times have you seen it work out? Yeah. So many times that they just straight up miss the rim completely, chuck it off the backboard, and Violation, then all of a sudden yeah. you're, you're down two, they go to the free throw line, make two free throws, it's and the over. game's over. I think it just gives you more of an ability to – Tie the game up when you make that free throw and then still have three seconds, can chuck it to the three point uh to your own three point line, take a couple of dribbles, pass and shoot. But obviously it worked out in the end last night, another just terrific play by Luca. And then over time, just obviously takeover mode, dishing and swishing all throughout. I mean, there's it's almost s- speechless on what he was able to do last night. I mean, there's nothing less than amazing. Yeah, and I mean as you said, that play that they they you know converted on, I think if you did it a hundred times, you know that doesn't that that's successful nine you know two times out of a hundred. So yeah. obviously, just like a once in a like you know a prayer of a play worked out incredibly entertaining to watch. Tough one for the Knicks, but that night from Luca, even though it's an incredible scoring performance and you know twenty twenty one rebounds, insane. Just uh, to the next point that I want to make is that the league right now itself, um, I don't think I've ever seen the league at such with such talent scoring-wise. Um, you can fact-check me, but I think there's, you know, seven seven guys over 30, averaging yeah. over 30 right now, nodding. And, and yeah. Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, Shea, Giannis, Tatum, Durant, and Curry all averaging over 30 to start the year. I know Curry now out, but still was averaging 30 up until his injury. Yeah, so I... I mean, it just seems to me when I check the box scores after every night, even if I don't get a chance to watch, you know, all those performances, it's, it's, it seems like that 30 is low nowadays. 30 points is kind of like commonplace for these stars. And it just, at, at what you, like what you said with Luca, it's with the ease they're doing it, these, um, these players, the efficiencies. I mean, all these guys shoot, averaging 30 are shooting at least 50%, 49% from the field. So it's not like they're taking 40 shots a game. Yeah, I think even last year, going back to last year, call it two years ago, I think this year when you look at box scores, I like I look at I think the NBA box score. One of the first things I do when I wake up, brush my teeth, take a piss, yeah. check NBA box scores. Yeah, I think you look at it and you're like, oh wait, he dropped thirty five last night. Yeah, and there's just so many guys that are dropping crazy ridiculous stat numbers that are just not talked about because you have somebody else just dropping something crazy. Like, did you know Embiid had 48 last night? No, I didn't, and they lost to the Wizards. Yeah, so Embiid has 48 last night, and it's not talked about. Obviously, it's not talked about just because something happened once in a lifetime, but Embiid could have 48. Siakam has 36 last night. Tatum had 38 last night. Shea, 28. Morant, 34. Clay had 30. There's just... On any given night, you're having guys that 
drop ridiculous stat lines like you've never seen before. And it's almost just not shocking at, at this point. At this point. Like you kind of just wake up and you're like, oh, who who went off last night? Who had 35 and like wasn't talked about at all? Like you're not going on Sports Center and like one of the main things is, oh, this guy dropped 40. Because that, it, it's, it's, it's so common. It's not a surprise. So no. I just think it's kind of crazy that the offensive ability of so many of these players that they're next to just unstoppable. Yeah. I know I, oh, well, a lot of people talk about, oh, there's no defense played in the NBA and all this stuff. And in, I feel like there's obviously a ton of defense played, but the moves and the skill of all these players is just truly amazing and like <coughs> something to look at and something to watch and it's art every night. And there's guys just doing, obviously, as you've seen last night with Lucas, guys just doing stuff every night that you've never seen before. Other night, Garland had 46 in a loss. And it's just all these different guys are, like, putting up insane stat numbers and are, like, oh, like, as if it's normal. And it, it really shouldn't be looked at as normal. I agree. I mean, I, if there's ever a time to purchase NBA League Pass, it's now. I mean, even if you're not a fan of a specific team, I mean, the talent, the scoring. I mean, I'm looking at the stats across the league right now, and there's just, like, there's 25, 30 guys that – just pouring 30 on any given night. So, I, back again, agreeing with you. There's yeah. a, I don't think this, the NBA has been this talented, I mean, at least scoring-wise, in quite some time. Obviously, scoring's only been up since the mid-2000s. It's constantly going up. Um, 100 points means nothing nowadays. Back, back in the day, 100 points could almost guarantee you a win. Yeah. I know not guarantee there'd be a, a bunch of shootouts here and there. But 100 points was, this, the century mark was like, oh, if we get here, we have... X amount of percent chance of winning. And you would like that number. Nowadays, you have 42 guys in the NBA averaging 20-plus. It's yeah. at an all-time high. Never seen that before. And every night, you're just expecting. And out of those 42 guys, there's probably 30 more that you can expect to drop 30 to 35 to 40 on a given night that you wouldn't be shocked over. Agreed. I mean, I, I don't know the exact game, but I remember there was uh... – it was, I think it was Lakers-Celtics back in the Pierce, Garnett, Kobe days. I think there was an NBA Finals game where the final score was like 78-74. Yeah. So, I mean. And that was only, that's less than 15 years ago, or now it's 15 yeah. years ago, 2008. Yeah. Um, but that but just goes to show you that. It just goes to show that, obviously, much more fast-paced, more three-pointers, obviously. But even guys like aren't doing it without the three-point shot. Joel Embiid and all these guys who are now physical specimens just getting it done in, in the low post, getting to the free-throw line 10-plus times a game just because they're so physical. And shoot if, if you're able to shoot the ball at over 75% from the free-throw line, you have a high chance of, of being able to average 20-plus. So I think the scoring ability of some of these guys is obviously off the hiswag mm-hmm. and just nothing can be matched in it. Yeah, it's a, it's a great time to be a fan. I mean, every night is just not to, you know, harp on it again, but the point is just incredible scoring from these guys right now. Every night there's a guy that you want to go watch or have the ability to watch that'd be like, oh, like, I want to turn it on for him or this yeah. guy. There's just so much star power that any given night, NBA TV, NBA League Pass or TNT, anything that... There's going to be someone that you want to look to. There's always an incentive to watch nowadays. I mean, I, I remember, you know, four or five years ago, there's there's a lot of games that you'd be like, well, I don't really see a point of watching this. But at this point, every almost every team has a guy. Yeah, every, every team has a star that you'd be like, oh, that, like, 
I would want to watch him play. Even like the bottom teams, you know, Orlando, you Boncaro, even the Hornets. Now Lamelo Ball is back. You want to watch him. So like across the league, just terrific, you know, skill of scoring. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is a, a little bit biased because I am a fan, but uh, of course I think that this team, you know, dominate over the past three or four years has dominated, you know, the news cycle of the NBA and it's constantly in Sports Center and first take. And uh, but it's never usually been good news. It's always been drama, and you obviously probably figured out. I'm talking about the Nets at this point, but right now they're on a win nine, a nine game win streak. They've beaten the Bucks at home in a blowout. They went into Cleveland against the best defensive team at home in the NBA and put up 125 points. Um, I think that at this point the Brooklyn Nets are a legit contender. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, it's really satisfying as a fan to see because at this point right now, knock on wood, there's just strictly basketball talk when it comes to them. They're playing great defense for a team that scores this many points. They're averaging over 124 points per game in this, in this win streak. And, you know, obviously Durant's playing MVP level. Kyrie Irving's comeback from suspension has been phenomenal. And they're getting, you know, you know great defensive numbers from Nick Claxton, which is a surprise. He's having a great, you know much improved season defensively and even offensively. And it looks like Ben Simmons is, you know, turning back into that defensive powerhouse, which is really nice to see. And we could see now that you don't really need him to score on a team like this. And, uh, you know, as, as the Nets get healthier, get their Joe Harris back. I know Seth Curry's back tonight. Um, I think that they're a formidable force and have, you know, just as good a chance as anyone else in the finals. I think that the only thing I'll say is potentially adding maybe a backup big just to solidify the the front court. But other than that, I mean, they're playing terrific. They've beaten some bad teams in this in this streak, but they've also proven that they can beat the top teams as well. So Yeah, obviously, I think the win streak started off with a, bu- a bunch of bad teams on the lower end of record. Just that you want to see them win, want yeah. to see them play well against, and that's exactly what they did. They had a tough game against Toronto, I know that. And then you look at this most recent game against Cleveland, and I think that – Game. I know the Milwaukee game. I think there was a little bit of a fluke on the Milwaukee end, just couldn't get it rolling. I think this Cleveland game was really an eye-opener for me, at least, for this Brooklyn team. You had both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant scoring 30-plus. You had Ben Simmons locking down Donovan Mitchell, has been one of the top 10 scorers in the NBA this year. And as long as them three are doing that, you surround themselves with – the bench guys like TJ Warren, like Steph Curry, Seth Curry, like now Utah Watanabe, yeah. uh, Royce O'Neal. And you have all these different guys in these roles, especially the shooters, that are able to relieve some of the shooting pressure off of, the, uh, off of Ben Simmons and uh, just be able to score the basketball other than Kyrie and Kevin Durant. That just makes this team a full roster. I think it's kind of similar how you looked at to a couple of years ago with Giannis in the Bucks, that they were to surround themselves with the depth and the shooting and defense, like Wes Matthews and other guys, like Connington, obviously still there. But uh, it was a very similar formula, I feel like, uh, to be able to win games. Sorry. <laughs> and, then, and then I think looking at their schedule now, I don't really see their next loss. I mean, they have the Hawks tonight. I think Maybe they'll without win. Trae Young. You have the Hornets win. Spurs win. Bulls win. You go into New Orleans. Tough game. Obviously a tough game. You don't know the situation with Brandon Ingram. 
Mm-hmm. I think Zion would probably be healthy, but you could see him winning there. And then you have the Heat struggling team, and then you have the Celtics at home on January 12th. So at that point, it could be close to a win 15 if everything goes right. And mm-hmm. I think they have the ability to be on that win 15. And I think that's going to be, at that point, probably top two, top three teams in the East, how they are now. I think that that matchup is very intriguing. I know it's six, seven games ahead, but I mean, their next stretch of games is not that impressive besides the Pelicans. So I think that's definitely something to look forward to as long as everyone's healthy. Yeah. And I think that this team right now is only trending upwards in the NBA championship conversation. I think they're... I, I would maybe say they're the best team in the East. If not one, then two with the yeah. Bucks. I think uh, just kind of a bias towards Giannis for being the best player on the planet. Uh, but I think otherwise they just are playing their best basketball yet, no outside distractions. Yeah, um, quick stat. They're uh, 20 and six since Steve Nash was fired. Yeah, Jock Vaughn, great job. Kudos to him. I mean, has done everything right, it seems like there. I mean, he just it just seems to me like beyond his, you know, you know great halftime adjustments that he's just gotten the guys to buy, the players to buy into, you know, his way of coaching, which obviously when Steve Nash was around, there was a clear disconnect from the stars and even the, all the players to the coach. And, you know, I don't want to harp too much on Steve Nash because it's not all his fault. He was put in a position to fail. I mean, first-time head coach, a lot of drama. But the Jock Vaughn switch has been terrific. And, you know, hopefully everyone stays healthy. And that's going to be the key, honestly. Yeah. I think also, I know you talked about the halftime adjustments, but in their past three games, they've cut – I know it's a four-quarter game, but – First quarter leads are obviously huge. I, I, I know that. And then against the Warriors, against the Bucks, and, the, and against the Cavs, they've come out hot right out of the gate, taken control of that game right away, and haven't let up. I think that's a big key for them to uh, have that ability in the first 12 minutes with uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the floor. I know one of them end up going off the floor mm-hmm. about like the five-minute mark, I yeah. think it is. Um, but being able to have that lead to just – carry through it for the rest of the game. I think it's huge for them mm-hmm. uh, to go into that bench unit. Uh, so, yeah, I think if they come out hot and then obviously with those halftime adjustments that Jock Vaughn has been making, I think that it's key to, key to success, success for this next uh, yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's going to take away from this team is health. And even, like, an example is not, like, of an injury, but against the Cavs, Durant fouled out with, like, four minutes left. And the Cavs stormed back and made it a close game because the Nets are so top-heavy with star, star power offensively that, you know, one, either Irving or Durant goes out, the other team's just going to send two at that guy. But it's been nice to have guys like TJ Warren, who's on a really small deal, come back from that foot injury and play like he's played in, you know, back in the bubble, you know. And he's one of those guys, just like Durant and Irving, that is super efficient from the mid-range, which is a very – very like rare thing in today's NBA with the the three point um, shooting, so I will say that TJ Warren is, was a, has been a great addition. Yeah, for sure. Enough about the Nets though, and uh, just as last time we did, we're gonna point out a couple guys uh, to watch. Player we, to watch. Who's we should your, talk about who's your player to watch last time. It was Robert Williams, and I'm just gonna say DNP. Right? He DNP'd on he DNP'd on Friday the twenty third. But came on, back on Christmas. On Christmas, he came off the bench, and I kind of 
uh, was forward thinking with this. I kind of assumed that he was going to be playing yeah, both games, minutes. but he did come off the bench. I think he played, you know, a small amount of minutes, but he was a plus five off the bench. And, uh, you know, so not much to say about him. He's obviously going to be a great defensive force once he gets fully healthy, but I'll let you go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, so my guy was Mikal Bridges. I think based on what I said about him, I think it kind of showed how the the Suns were unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. I think they played three games since then. I was kind of just focusing on uh, that Friday game against Memphis and then uh, – Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Against Memphis, he was two for seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, five points. Uh, nothing tremendous. And then Christmas Day, you know, in a tight in a tight game against uh, the Nuggets, had opportunities to try, probably close that down, maybe get it into his hands, score the basketball, but uh, shot five for 12 from the field, uh, 13 points, two rebounds, three assists. <laughs> assists. I think he could just be doing more. Uh, to help this team succeed in the long run. Uh, I know they beat Memphis uh, last night. Still, it's three for eight from the field, 10 points. I think he's just been able to, if he's able to take over more uh, in certain roles and excel that offensive game, I think that the Suns are going to be able to use him as an asset. I know with Booker out, I know he should have a little bit more pressure on him now to kind of take over. Uh, some more scoring yeah. abilities, but I think otherwise, I think it was kind of showing that where my mindset was, if he plays well, then they'll play well, mm-hmm. and he didn't play that well, and they lost both of the games that I thought that he had to succeed in. Yeah, and uh, real quick, this is not related to Mikael Bridges, but I didn't even know this. This goes back to our scoring point. Landry Shamit had 31 points on Christmas. So Yeah, I didn't know that. And he did get dunked on, so... Yeah, he did get dunked on, so I think 30, really 31 yeah. doesn't count. Should, Poor shouldn't shouldn't go on his record. Uh, Poor guy. Former net. Poor guy will be the face of maybe the best dunk of ever. Better than Griffin on Mozgov? Quick. Uh, Do you think? I don't know. I, mean, I think it is. Maybe, but... Full force. Yeah, but the Lob City clips are so different. I know. Full force, uh, I think... But I, I will say, I mean, Aaron Gordon threw threw down like seven dunks that night. So I mean, yeah, he's top five in dunks. He, I mean, he did that dunk. Give us should, one that, of the best. that dunk should count as five. And he also, yeah, I agree. He also gets has been continuously snubbed at, at the dunk contest. So he deserves a little more love. So yeah, best one. Yeah, I'll get it to you. All right, who's your player to watch this week? I have Scotty Barnes. Oh, Scotty Barnes. I talked about Sophomore. him a little bit last week, and how the Raptors were kind of a team that. We're like in a weird spot, not playing well, but also not really in a spot to really blow it up just because of the youth for yep. the most part. And Scotty Barnes was one of the topics of conversation because of his sort of sophomore slump, you could say, after rookie rookie of the year campaign. But he play has played really well. He had twenty five in his two games ago, and then he had uh, you know a full stat line of I think it's seventeen and ten, something around along those lines. And he had a couple games uh, to watch here this week. I think they played tonight. And Thursday night, tomorrow night, and a back to back. So uh, and uh, and they're playing Phoenix on Thursday, and I'm not sure they're playing tonight. But um, look for Scotty Barnes. I'm I'm looking for him to kind of get into his groove here. You know, maybe he breaks out of this little slump. And when he plays well, you know, last year the Raptors were a five seed. So 
you know, look out for Scotty Barnes. He's a terrific two-way player when he's playing at his peak. Um, his, you know, his ability to, you know, fly on the offensive side and, you know, get to the rim and yeah. even expand his, you know, outside shooting. So look out for Scotty Barnes. Uh, I think I'm trying to narrow it down to one. They're both on the same team. I guess I'll say both of them mm-hmm. and kind of roll with who I think needs to succeed more. I think I'm going to the Sacramento Kings, and I'm looking at both Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray. Mm. I think they lost to the Nuggets last night. De'Aaron Fox played tremendously well. I think they play the Nuggets tonight again, and then they have the, uh, a day off, and then they play home against the Jazz. I think with the Sabonis injury, I know they don't know the extent of it yet. If he doesn't play, I think these two guys definitely need to be, make big steps. <clears throat> In the scoring category, I guess I'll go more towards Barnes just because of the experience. I know Keegan Murray's still young, so there's not a lot of pressure on him. Mm-hmm. I think I guess I'll go more towards the Barnes aspect. Needs to shoot the ball better, and I guess and play play defense. Uh, kind of make yourself bigger. I think his ability to s- score the basketball has to be brought out more. I want I want to see him in these next couple games scoring twenty plus, shooting the ball well. Uh, last game without Sabonis, he was 5 for 11 from the field. He had 13 and 8. I think a couple more shots here and there. I think he can get to that 20 number, which would help this Sacramento scoring team. They're not playing defense at all. Nope. They play zero defense anyway. So I think that him being able to score 20 and Keegan Murray being able to, I guess, score 20 as well and get the offense rolling where Sabonis was able to dish and score the basketball and kind and rebound, of yeah. missing out on those, I would say – 40 points a night, maybe, I guess, from the assists and points. At least 35 from him, uh, 35 uh, contributory points. Mm -hmm. I think that these two guys are definitely need to step up. Harrison Barnes, I guess a little bit more pressure on him just because Keegan Murray, as I said, is the rookie. Mm -hmm. But I think if Harrison Barnes is able to step up and uh, put up these numbers, I think that they should be able to take down the Jazz – I know they're a struggling team as well recently. And then this Nugget matchup is interesting tonight. They played last night. Mm. I think if they turn things around, I'll be able to get, get them back tonight uh, on that back-to-back doubleheader at home. It's tough to beat a team back-to-back, back-to-back nights. I think that's that, a good point as well. Without Sabonis, not just those two guys, but this is a period, of, depending on how long Sabonis is out, this is a big time for also De'Aaron Fox to yeah. really take over. He played well last night. He did play well, but it's a big time for him. He's having a career year, but it's a big time for him to see if you know if he really could be that you know cornerstone player of that franchise. Yeah, I was going to say him, but he played well, and I know he's going to do his thing. So I wanted to kind of look at the supporting roles and look elsewhere and be like, who needs to step up for them to win basketball games? Rather than I know De'Aaron Fox is going to step up, put up twenty five plus, close to thirty, can have thirty plus, obviously. And I know he's going to do that. I think he was looking elsewhere for them to win basketball games to see yeah. what they need to do. Yeah. So we have uh, Take eight, a great games, slate. eight games tonight. Uh, Which one game are you looking at, I guess? Uh, honestly, I would like to see that Lakers Heat game a little bit. The Heat are so confusing to me as a team just because they're never fully – I don't think I've ever Healthy. seen Jimmy Butler play two games in a row. Yeah. Um, I haven't even heard Jimmy Butler's name this year much, which is kind of you know surprising because he's usually – you know, yeah. all-star player, but um, I would look out for that game. LeBron's back in Miami. Yeah, mine's Nuggets-Kings. Talked about it just yep. before, but uh, 10 o'clock game, 
going to be staying up for that. Yeah. Uh, nice slate of games today. Nice Wednesday slate of basketball. Yeah. Not sure if there's any – don't think there's any nationally televised games. It could I be think wrong. it's just NBA TV. Yeah. Is I it Lakers Lakers, Heat? Lakers Heat into Nuggets Kings on NBA TV. So those are two games to look out for. But otherwise, yeah. great that, slate that, basketball. That, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for today. Yep. Um, we'll be back on Saturday just for this week just to give some more time, more games – We'll be talking again next time, but the following week we're going to get back on that Tuesday, Friday schedule. Yeah, like that. So, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah.